Welcome. Good morning. Snowing and everything. My name's uh, Randy Carey, and uh, I'm going to share with some ideas on about fundraising. And uh, so, <clears throat> I guess my first question to you all is, why why did you get up this early in the morning to come hear some guy talk about fundraising? What is your motivation? What why why are you here? Just share share off the top of your head what's going on. Why are you guys here? Do you have to do it yourselves? Do you have to raise money for yourselves? Yeah, long-term missions. Long-term missions? Yeah. Is that what you're here for? Probably going to have to raise money depending on where I go. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to be a tent maker in some areas of the world, that's not ideal. Good, good. Well, <clears throat> last year at this time, I, I'm, I've been with the Ministry of Medicine uh, raising money for 21 years now. And I had the idea after being at this conference last year, I said, you know, I know many people get some training on development, but I'd like to share with you uh, the things that I've learned over 21 years. So I want to kind of pass on the things that have worked for me. And I thought, you know, I want to share it with you guys because that's what you're going to be doing. And uh, naively, when I joined the ministry 21 years ago, <coughs> uh, I really didn't realize all that was involved uh, in terms of raising resources. You probably don't either. But one thing I have learned is that uh, nothing happens without money. You know, you can have a great vision, a great uh, idea, a great calling, but unless you have resources to do it, it's just not going to happen. So, my hope today is that you'll hear about five things that you're going to say, you know, I'm going to walk away with these ideas on how to do a better job or how to raise money and I'm speaking from experience, both lessons learned the hard way and maybe not not so not so difficult way as well. Okay, so that's what I want to do. Why should you listen to me? Let me tell you my story. My story is this. Uh, I served in the military for 23 years. When I got out, I said, you know, I want to go into Christian ministry. So I interviewed with a ministry called Medicine. They had just started about, they were about five years old. And uh, they said, yeah, we'd love to have you. And I said, you know, I just don't feel it. I'm used to blowing things up. I'm artillery. This is medical. I don't see the, I don't see the connection. So I said, I'm going to keep looking. About a month later, I'm sitting in a hospital bed recovering from a ruptured appendix. And I'm asking the Lord, you know, what are you trying to tell me uh, through this experience? Because I don't know. And, I, and here's what I sensed him tell me. I'm, I'm looking. It wasn't a hand writing across the wall like in Daniel, but I'm sensing him telling me, Randy, the only reason you're alive today is because you've gotten the best health care the world has to offer. Now, I want you to go get people health care, but I want them to hear the gospel as well. And that's obviously the Ministry of Medicine. Now, if you don't know what medicine does, just so you have a context, we provide grants to people like yourselves who want to go on the mission field but have loans. So we pay the loans that frees you up to go if you have loans coming out of school. And for physicians and just about a lot of people, they have loans. So so inside of that calling, I'm sensing the Lord saying, yeah, Randy, I want you to help people go, but I want them to hear the gospel as well. So I called MedSend back. Would you reconsider me? And they said yes. Okay. Fast forward two years now. I've been working for MedSend for about two years. 
not doing particularly well raising resources. And uh, this picture here, I, I remember it's 8.30 at night. I, had, uh, or, um, I was trying to organize a dinner for MedSend in Palo Alto, uh, California. Beautiful area. I had called about five people that were going to come together and we were going to do the planning on this event. And it's 8.30 at night. No, the meeting was at 7. And I'm looking at the, the sunset and no one showed up for my meeting. And I said, you know, Lord, the board's not happy with what I'm doing. Uh, I'm working as hard as I can to raise resources. And, you know, is, is this the kind of, you know, is this what I'm going to get? No one showed up. So I kind of said, okay, I realize you, you've not called me to this mission. We were looking for something else. But I committed to this effort, so I called the people that didn't show up, and they had various reasons why they didn't, but we still held the dinner. Now, <clears throat> this was held at Menlo Park Presbyterian, a, a, very, uh, a, a great church in California. And uh, I want you to think about someone else who was coming to this event now. So it was barely even uh, the opportunity to make this event happen. I barely made it happen. But then there was someone that was uh, a surgeon that was coming to this dinner. He was driving uh, home from work. He said, I don't feel very good. I don't think I'm going to come. And so he got home and his conscience was bothering him because he said he was committed to this dinner. So he ended up coming to the dinner even though he didn't feel well. And he heard a man by the name of Dr. Tracy Gowen share his story. And, and uh, he's a, he was a MedSend grant recipient, a friend of mine. And Tracy Gowen has had an amazing story, spellbinding, spellbinding story. And this doctor said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to this man if he gave MedSend $5,000. I fell off the table. I'd never seen a gift like $5,000 for the dinner. Well, this man over the last... 20-something years has given close to a half a million dollars. So what's my point in the story? One, I was at odds. I think I was, well, I was trying all on my own effort, and I didn't realize the right perspective. And the other side of it was, here God had something planned. At my very lowest point, He had planned this gentleman to come to this dinner and start giving to ministry, and over the, you know, the last 20 years, given almost a half a million dollars. So, Showing up, and uh, there's a lot to learn. So here we go. Let, let me let me tell you some things that I've learned in uh, in 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 raising resources. Okay, so all of you have probably given money to an organization or a church or a ministry. Think about it for a second. You tell me what it is when you give. What do you expect in return? So just think about it. What are the things that you know? Any, you give to anybody or anything. What are your expectations from the person that received your gift? I'd just like to hear them. Anyone thoughts? What they're doing. You want to hear what they're doing? Relationship. What do you mean by relationship? Um, it's just cool to see. I, I mean, it's just cool to see what they're doing. Like okay. Yeah. You want to hear a report? What's what do you do with my money? What else do you want to? What else do you want to hear uh, when you give? Yeah, they're serving a very needy cause. What else? I mean, it's not as much what I want to see, but what I don't want to see is people posting about just going on what I'd call volunteerism trips or something.
something like that where it looks like they're doing more tourism and having more fun than actually doing work. Okay, doing work. How about you guys? Anything back there that you would expect to receive after you've given a contribution? Updates. Good. Yourself, anything else like when you give? Like, any, any other thoughts? Well, here, here's a couple of mine. These are kind of, uh, yeah, I've been around the block a lot longer than all of you, but and, and we've been involved in, uh, personally, my wife and I have been involved in, in investing in a lot of ministries. So one is, I want to know how the money's being used, right? I want to get a report, which is what you said. The other thing is, I would like to have a little bit of a relationship with you. A little bit. Depending upon how much I enjoy the ministry, you know. But I want to hear from you. I'd like you to look at me as something other than just money. So that you do, you're just not coming to me because it's now time. It's, it's December and this is, uh, you haven't, I haven't heard from you all year long and now you're coming back to me essentially because you need money and then I won't hear from you again from another, another year. I don't want to. I don't want to get maybe every three weeks an update. I would rather hear, you know, maybe once a quarter. Uh, and I and I'd like to know how is God using you. I'd like to hear reports, and I don't just want them always necessarily to be positive unless they are. If you're struggling, if there are things that I can pray for you, I want to hear those things as well. So when you're talking to people who are supporting you, one of the questions you should ask them is, how, do you, how can I report back to you? What do you like to hear? And that's very good. Because some people are too busy. They don't want monthly. Maybe they just want quarterly. Maybe they just want a text. Maybe they want you to send them a just prayer requests. Uh, we support a young lady in Colorado. And my wife and I do. She's friends with her. She sends her weekly updates. I told her I don't want to hear weekly. I would like to hear monthly or quarterly. Because, you know, I, uh, we're supporting maybe two dozen different efforts. So I can't keep up with it all, frankly. And then on top of that, I get all of the MedSend uh, uh, people. We have over 100, and I'm getting their newsletters, and I do like to pray for them. But, you know, it's overwhelming. Also, all I would be doing is praying for people if I got that. So, but my point is, Ask your supporters, how do you like to receive updates? That's a very important point. Okay. Uh, enough on that. Oh, one other thing about, I don't want to hear every month how the ministry, how you're about to fall apart, and if you don't get this gift, then we're, we're going to close the doors. <laughs> but, it's out there. It's out there, so just be aware of that. Uh, Oh, here's another great tip that I, I want to tell you that I have found so positive. When you start finding people that give to you and your ministry, your effort, and you find people that are very generous, you know, they're just God's gifted them for, with generosity, a great thing to do is to take them for coffee, lunch, breakfast, and say, I'd like to learn about what your philosophy is on giving. I've had a couple conversations with some amazing people. And I'm just in awe of them. And I've, I've asked them, tell me how you, tell me how you, uh, how do you evaluate organizations? So, let me tell you about a story about one gentleman. Huge philanthropist. Giving away millions of dollars. And I asked him, you know, how do, what is it your criteria? He said, well, he said, Randy, 
the first thing I do is when I look at uh, organizations is if they're not 100 years old, I'm not going to give them anything more than six-figure gifts. Six-figure meaning, you know, $99,000, $90,000. That's the maximum to give if they're not 100 years old. I said, well, medicine's 20 years old. Uh, we're getting, every year I tell him we're getting closer to 100. <laughs> and he is too, actually. Uh, but we're, you know, we're not going to get to the $100,000 gift level because we're not 100 years old. That's his criteria. I found that interesting. So there, uh, there's some criteria out there that, you, that it's always good to hear from them what it is that they're, they're passionate about and what is, how do they evaluate ministries. How do we make the cut? I just want to know. Did we make the cut? In fact, we have, and he's given, hasn't given over uh, six figures, but he's very faithful in giving. So that's a great, that's a great tool for you. Uh, some of the basics. I want to talk a little bit about generosity because what you're trying to do is tap into people's generosity. So I want you to understand what generosity is, and then we can talk about how you uh, uh, learn from that. So, one of the great things that I've learned in the 20, it'll be 21 years in January, is that I've learned uh, about people who are generous and, you know, what does it take to be generous? Uh, uh, Generosity. You're going to learn a lot yourselves of whether you're generous or not. You can tell personally if you want to understand about generosity is you. Op- they always say if you want to know about if what your what your idols are, open up your checkbook and look at how you spent your money the last two months. And my wife said, don't tell them checkbook, tell them bank account because they don't use checkbooks anymore. So whatever it is you look at to how you've spent your money, that is uh, you know those those are your priorities. So. Learn from yourself. What are your priorities in terms of your spending? Because you're asking someone to give to you. What are you doing? Now, something that I never ask somebody, but I'm telling you, it comes across my mind, and that is this. So if I were to go and uh, ask someone, let's say one of you all, to invest in MedSend, one question that you may be asking me is, has he invested in the ministry? Is he giving to the ministry? Now, I don't ask that. And they, I've, I don't think I've ever, anyone's ever asked me if I'm investing in MedSend. But that's a criteria that I look at. I don't necessarily, uh, I would never ask, uh, I haven't been asked that question from a donor, but it's something you ought to check your own heart with. Are you investing in the ministry that you're asking others to invest in? <coughs> Generosity, you know, I put here basic 101. Generosity is, is uh, basically about grace. It's about responding to what God's given to you. One of the verses, Psalm 112 says, uh, good, good will come to those who are generous and lend friend freely. Those who conduct their affairs with justice. Giving is a response. Uh, you know, it, it all begins with God, and that's supposed to be a cattle with a thousand uh, cattle on a thousand hills. That's one of the verses in Psalms. But I got a horse there, so I got to fix that. But there are some cattle there. But the point here is that you know your stuff is not your stuff. Uh, it's God's stuff. 
And this isn't something that you tell a donor, but I want you to get right. I want you to become generous so you'll learn about how to do with others. Uh, so the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who live in it. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. So He is the owner of everything. And that perspective I think is important. Generosity is what God, what He wants us, for us and from us. So God wants us to be generous and you have to learn that yourselves as you're learning to ask others to be generous towards you. So it's kind of a two-way street. So why are, we, why are most of us not comfortable with asking others for money? My point would be this. Uh, you know, some of you might think in back of your head, why would someone want to give their hard-earned money to me? That's the wrong perspective. Why should someone rather, uh, why would some people rather do ministry self-funded if they could get away with it? And that again is not God's way. God wants people investing in you for a whole lot of reasons and we'll get into that as we start. So, the starting line. You have to understand God's perspective on generosity and giving, and that's kind of why you're here. So that's what we're doing with this kind of a starting the starting line. Okay, what is God's perspective on fundraising or money in general? We just talked about a little bit of it, but he tells us in Colossians, he says, Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. The reason I quote that verse is because greed uh, is idolatry. And you, what you're trying to do is really you're giving people an opportunity to uh, overcome greed by being generous. And uh, that's part of what God's trying to teach all of us in terms of giving. Uh, I have this slide here because I mentioned Tim Keller to remind me to tell you I have some resources here that I've made available and I need to get it posted on GMHC's website, which I will do after this presentation. But I have a number of resources that I've culled the very best out of that and I've listed them here. Ideally, you'll get to be able to pull them off of online, but you can also pick one up here. Tim Keller has a great thing on on uh, on a video on giving, and what he says is I thought was so good. Uh, well, he talks about every treasure that you have, other than Christ, will enslave you. When you think about it, whether it's greed with money or power. All those things demand things back from you, according to Tim Keller. But Jesus doesn't demand anything to, well, he doesn't demand anything but your faith. And he's the one that's going to free you up from greed. And it's a very good presentation, and I've got it listed on my resource. So be sure to pick up a page, take a picture of it, and I'll get it posted. Now, a couple of things I wanted to share with you about what fundraising is not. 
and I'm, I know you could fill in the bank, blank, but fundraising is not uh, wrestling people out of the money that they don't want to give. It's not begging for money. Uh, I'll share with what it is in a second, but I'm going to list a couple of things that if I've thought probably most of those things, but it's not what fundraising is. So let me quickly go through uh, uh, these fundraising fallacies. Mark Dillon is, uh, I met him at Wheaton College. I used to be there, like I mentioned, I was at Wheaton College for a few years leading the ROTC program. And uh, he is a great f- fundraising uh, person. He's now working for Generous, but I'm pulling this list out of what fundraising is not. So let's look at this list. You know, these are things that if you go into this thinking these are true, you're in trouble. You can read them. I'm going to go through fairly quickly because I don't want to spend too much time with it. But, you know, if you're thinking if your mission's clear and compelling, people automatically give. Well, they will not. Uh, if you think at, you're asking is invasive, again, it is not, a tr- that's not true. If you think you're a priority in giving for the donor, again, that is not necessarily true. Here's a common one. They're going to give to me because they love me. Eh, probably not. Uh, I got about 12 of them. So I'll give you my notes if you want those. I'll make them available. But uh, I'm sure they've remembered us in their will. And that's an assumption. And we all know what assumptions are. Uh, their kids will love me as much as they do. Eh, probably not. In other words, you know, if your parents are giving, you go, oh, they're going to give to us too when the parents are no longer able. Eh, probably not. Our future is in grant writing. Nah, not, if we need more money, we'll do a campaign. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time. You can read these. Galas and golf tournaments are great investments. Mm, nope. A lot of money. Up front. I'm a fundraiser, not a fundraiser. That's not, that's partially true, but not, if you're just relying on friends, yeah, not so much. If you, uh, if the CEO thinks, well, I, I don't do development, I just, uh, uh, I let my development people do that. That's not, you've got to have your CEO involved in this. Uh, okay, so that's what it isn't. If you're thinking those thoughts, get those out of your head. Let's talk about what it is. Well, first of all, fundraising, this is kind of the essence of what I wanted to share with you. What you're trying to do when you get in front of people in terms of raising resources is you want to hear what their vision is and you want to put what your ministry is doing in their language. So what I have found with people who come in and they're new to fundraising is that they talk way too much. If I would tell you one tip in fundraising, it would be be a good listener. Because what, what you're listening for is what are they passionate about? What is it that they uh, want to be involved with? And take their passion and put it in terms of your ministry and what it's doing. And if it doesn't work or if it doesn't fit, then just tell them thanks for your time and I can see that we're not a match in terms of investing. But what you have to do is listen to them, talk to them, get to know them, hear what they're passionate about, and then share uh, your ministry with that. So let me give you an, an exact story. I had an individual that said, you know, uh, I, I started talking about, would you like to invest in MedSend? Uh, we have these physicians that are ready to go from the U.S. and they're ready to kind of take on the world. 
Uh, and he said, well, I'm not really interested in that. I want to help physicians overseas in Africa. I want to help them go overseas. And I said, well, we have people who are overseas and we're training doctors, what we call our nationals program, where they're being educated over there. He said, well, okay, I hear that, but I'm interested in uh, doctors coming, going to serve the country where I came from, which was Zimbabwe. And I said, okay. About three months, and then I, I went and started doing my research. And I don't know if you heard Keir Thierlander. He introduced the gal last night. Help me with her name. Um, who spoke last night? Carol. Carol Spears. Yeah. Keir was Carol's introducer. But he helped me because uh, I said, do we have anyone who wants to go to uh, Zimbabwe after they serve? He says, let me get back to you. He came back to me. We do have somebody. I came back to the... Uh, surgeon and said, we do have somebody. Now he's given us 25000 a year. And it's been, been doing that for several years. Uh, so what did I do? I listened to what he had to say, what he wanted to do, and then I did my research and then I came back to him and said, here is a proposal for you to consider, you and your wife. And he's been doing it for, couple, I don't know, a good number of years now. If I could tell you, if, I, if you walk away with one thing, it would be that is listen to people and then translate your vision and ministry into their words and then come back to them and ask them for uh, an investment. So, you know, uh, why are you unique? Why are fundraisers unique? Well, it's interesting that... Do you think uh, Americans are very generous with their giving? What do you think the average American gives to their church? How much? What percent? Two percent. They give two percent of their resources. What should we be doing? How much? Well, my my point would be you start at ten percent, and that's like the entry card. In the Old Testament, they gave 40% or more than 40% of their income to the temple. The Old Testament tithings, 40%. 10% is the baseline. So, again, go back, look at yourselves. You know, we're going to be ending the year this year. How much are you giving of your resources? And if you're giving 2% or 3%, why do you expect someone else to do differently? And that, again, goes back to generosity. If God owns everything, you know, how are you, you, how are you a steward of your resources? Um, the other thing is, okay, so you're looking at yourself in terms of giving. Um, uh, what else did I want to make a point out of this? Let's say what else I had on here. Now let's go on to the next point here. This is, this is an expression uh, with fundraising. Get in line, stay in line until you're at the front of the line and then you can ask. Let me, let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. I, I doubt any of you have heard of the organization called The Gathering. To get into The Gathering, it's an annual conference and I think you have to give about a half a million a year away. But there are many families that do that and more. And every year they get together and the purpose of the gathering 
one aspect of it is to teach people how to be generous and to how they teach families how to be generous. So how are they going to pass on their wealth safely, healthily, if that's a word, making sure that their children know how to give away resources. Okay, that's the gathering. They invite Christian ministries to come there. And 15 years ago, I heard about this this, uh, gathering. I said, I want to get there. (laughs) I want medicine to get there. You can't appeal for resources when you go there, but you explain your ministry, and there might be somebody in that group that says, that's what I want to give to. Okay, why do I tell the story? I said, get in line. I started writing to them. I'd love to. I'd love for my our ministry medicine to get in front of there, and I never heard a thing. Then I said, "Well, I'm going to go to the guy who set this thing up. I'm going to go meet him in Midland, Texas, or Texas. Wait, uh, not Waco, Texas." And so I went to see him a couple of years. Explained him what medicine does. Get me. How do I get in front of this group? He says, "Well, I don't decide that, but I hear what your ministry is doing, and you know, I'll present them to this group that does decide." Again. A couple of years go by, never hear anything. Had a couple uh, breakfasts with him. Kept on sharing how God's using medicine, this ministry. He listened. He took a bit. Nothing happened. Last year. So now we're about 14 years later. Oh, no. The next thing I did was, maybe there's some people that, that support our ministry, medicine, that go to the gathering. So I asked around, and there were a couple people that did. So I said, please put in a good word for medicine. They said, we will. They talked to the people at B. And they said, yep, okay, we did. We talked to them. Still nothing. Last year, my CEO gets a call from the gathering. We'd like you to come present to the uh, group. Now, there are some big names there. We were kind of on the side issue uh, side uh, bar, kind of like this, like this meeting here. You know, there weren't that many people there, but that's okay. We were there, and he got to he met he met somebody. He met a someone that sat on the board that supports our ministry every year. And ironically, this year, instead of getting a certain amount of money, we got an, almost doubled the amount of money because he was at the gathering. And met this person that sat on the board who always gives to medicine. What's my point? Get in line. Fifteen years ago, I started getting in line. I kept on telling them. And finally, this year, uh, we haven't even gotten the check yet. But this year, they almost doubled their, their gift. Was it because we got invited? I don't know. But it's a good story. Good. Persevere. Persevere. Yeah, that's it. That's partly it. That, that's what this is. That's partly it. Yes. Well, they're all components, and you know, ultimately, God's at work, and we don't know, and I don't know, but I'm just telling you that that's that's what I did. Okay, uh, I love that story. Uh, so, Abby. If you know African Inland Mission, they're right across from our booth. I asked her, I asked a couple of people, I said, tell me uh, what I should share with you all before uh, I was preparing even last year. January, I was asking them, what should I share with the people? What do you share with people that are going to go with African Inland Mission onto the mission field? Abby gave me some things to share with you. So here you go. I asked her what some of those things are. And she says, you have to build authentic relationships. 
Authentic relationships is not talking to somebody once a year in December saying, I need some money. Start the practice of regular communication. Now, regular communication is defined by the donor, not by you. Uh, hmm. I, I asked this one per, okay, here's a story for you. One of my favorite. Uh, I'm sitting, uh, in the office and, uh, I get a call from a young man that I mentored at Wheaton College, and he went to uh, his. He got a grant from Medicine and was serving in, in the Middle East, and he ended up coming back. But he said, uh, "Will Medicine keep supporting us for a few months while we get settled?" They came back off the field, and I said, "I don't know for sure, but I'll find out." And he said, "Because in a little while, our uh, our in-laws are going to help us pay off our loans." They're going to receive an inheritance. And I, and I said, okay, uh, would you mind if I talk to the, your in-laws uh, about investing in the ministry? And he said, I don't know. I'll go check. A week later, he came, came back and said, sure, you can approach them. So they li- uh, I went out to visit them, the CEO and myself, and we asked them, would you consider a gift of, at that time, $34,000, which would have supported uh, a health professional for uh, four years, and they both looked at each other and said, "Yeah, we could do we could do thirty-four thousand dollars." <laughs> I understand it's all good. He's trying to do it's all good. So, uh, so time to get up. Oh, give it to one of the young people. They'll figure it out in uh, about two seconds. <laughs> Up. Okay. So, uh, he, uh, I asked him, would you consider a gift of $34,000? And they looked at each other and said, yeah, we'd do that. Uh, it's now been, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And they have now given almost $2.5 million to the ministry. And that was only because he had mentioned, you know, they're going to receive an inheritance. And uh, uh, I asked him, could I approach them? And I talked to them, and they said, yeah. I have no idea how that ever happened. Now, another side note about develop, um, re- raising resources. You're going to meet some of the most amazing people in the world. I have, and that's one of that. One of those couples are is that couple is just they're friends of mine. They're they're not just they're not just clients or donors. We're well well past that. I know their birthdays. I know their anniversaries. I send them a ten dollar McDonald's gift card when it's their birthday. Go buy some ice cream on me or on the ministry. I uh, I love them. In fact, I, they are praying for me right now. I said, "Please pray for me." And she said, and one of the, the gal came back to me and said, "Randy, just tell them to be uh, to be authentic with people and truly care for them, not just their money." And you, that's all you got to tell them. They get people coming to them all the time, so it's all about authenticity. 
and I got to get going, or I'm not going to share with you all of my tips. Uh, additional thoughts with fundraising. Uh, okay, uh, I asked Steve Richardson with Pioneers, who who trains people like you, if you're with Pioneers, how to raise money, and he says this. Here's a quote that he said: "I support Steve and Arlene because they thank me." My wife sends out thank you notes to every person at least every two months, and it's handwritten. Uh, send people small little gifts that are appropriate for them. Like, you know, if you have your, your own peers, maybe it would be an Amazon gift card. Ten bucks, whatever it is, just a little thing. You can't, you can't send too much, but a little thing that kind of tells them, you're special to me. And what you're trying to do is develop that authenticity and relationship. Uh, oh, also I've heard that with major donors, the one thing that you know what the one thing is going to help is going to cause them to open up something that you send them. What do you think the one thing is that's going to cause someone who gets you know a hundred pieces of the mail a day asking for money? What's the one thing that they get that's going to be, make a difference to them? Handwritten address. Bingo! Please write that down. Handwritten notes. If you want to get in front of people and they they actually want to read what you say. Uh, make it handwritten. And that's, you can't do that all, all the time, but just occasionally. And then the other thing is, uh, I always try to personalize my thank yous when I send emails. Because I send maybe 30 emails a week thanking people. How are you doing in Wheaton? How are you doing in Indianapolis? Thanks for what you're doing. And I'm always trying to also to, uh, you know, see if I can get in front of them. If they're a new supporter, I'd like to hear your story. That's so, so important because now you're developing what? If you can get in front of them. Relationship. Friendship. And that's what you're trying to do with raising resources. Okay, those are two people. I've told you that my one thing is... Uh, oh, oh, what do you th- what's the number one reason donors become one time instead of recurring? Do you understand the difference between a one-time donor and a recurring donor? You would understand. You all understand that, right? What's the what's the one what's the one thing that makes a difference between a one-time and a recurring? They don't hear from you. A thank you. A thank you. Most people don't necessarily. They don't need to see all this recognition. They just want to know one, you got my gift. And two, you're going to be kind of telling me how you're going to use it. I like to think of people, donors as people on a board. And I'm the guy that's going to report to them on how we've used your investment. I, I love that word investment because it talks about a long-term thing. How are, how are we going to use your investment? And that's what I do. And I try to thank people. So just telling you, some people have rules that you've got to thank them within 24 hours. Try to do a phone call. Those are good ideas. I think sometimes it's almost impractical, but at the highest level, that's what you'd like to do. And if it's a significant gift, definitely call them. You're establishing relationships. What to avoid? Uh, you don't have a strategy. You're asking them randomly. You haven't done your research before you go visit somebody. You can learn a lot about somebody before you even see them. Facebook, Donor research. There's a lot of tools out there. Uh, 
what I, what I, things that I have learned, you know, before about fundraising, and I've told you already again, I'm going to tell you again, be a good listener. Make sure that they're doing more talking than you. Ask questions. The other thing is passion. You have to demonstrate passion when you're talking to people. Now, I know God uses our personality in different ways, and you can demonstrate passion in different ways, but if you're not passionate about what you're doing, why would I be? Right? So be passionate. The other thing is I, I try to do is treat all donors alike, whether they give you five bucks or five hundred or five thousand or five hundred thousand. I try to treat everybody alike. Now, that's difficult to do in terms of time allocated. I recommend you spend your time with those that can do the greatest gifts. You only have a limited amount of time. But do your best in treating everybody the same. Handwritten notes. I, I send handwritten notes to someone who sends us ten bucks a month when I can. So I don't get to it every. You know, I don't do it every month, but at least once or twice a year, I try to thank them for sending us ten bucks a month. And uh, oh, a great tool that I use for donors in getting relationships is I send them books. I go on Amazon. I buy a used book. Can't send it as a gift, right? Because they're going to, you know, you can't send used books as a gift. But still, I, whatever good books that I read, I say, hey, can I send you this book? Here, here's one that I'm reading right now. I've sent 30 copies of this book, all used. Cost me eight bucks, seven bucks. It's called The Devil and Pew Number Seven. It's just an easy read. But uh, I just got a call from a guy two days ago while I'm on the uh, loading the pain. Is a donor. And he uh, said, I love the book. Thank you. And he said, I, I picked it up yesterday. I finished it today. My point is, find good books that you're reading and say, hey, can I sh- share this book? Not about fundraising or your ministry or missions. Just good books that you enjoy. Uh, ideally Christian. But uh, there's another good one. Uh, uh, I can't think of it. I just Whatever good books I'm reading, I send people out that. Yes, ma'am. Right. But then they have the heart of giving. And yes, I know that our ultimate mission is also to spread the gospel. So do you also think that there's a potential like if they receive like a God you know, godly book or, or yeah. gospel related you know, information and if they don't they don't even want to hear about Christianity, what would that be Well you could send them a book that's not necessarily Christian. But you're trying to establish a relationship yeah. with them. So I would I would do that. I'd send a book that's not Christian but is a good one, and then work on building that relationship and sharing the gospel. Then you don't send them anything if you don't have a relationship with them. I wouldn't do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good question though. Uh, what should you do before you go see them? Do your research. Uh, know their family names. Like I said, I must have 50 birthdays that I send out. Uh, here's another uh, quick example. i got to get going. I have two people that have lost uh, sons in the military to uh, in the military in Afghanistan. So every Veterans Day, I either called, I called them, actually two days yesterday, I called them and said, I just want to tell you thank you for the sacrifice that your 
family made, your gold star family for the, the of your son serving in the military. You know, nothing about ministry, nothing just thank you for your service. I send a lot of things out when people lost their parents. I send them a note the day that they lost their parent each year saying, I remember I'm remembering your father, your mother, or whatever it was. That's all I say. How do I know that? Because I've started a relationship with them. I'm listening as I'm talking to them and I'm developing a relationship. Uh, give donors an opportunity to join what God's doing. Your ministry, what you're doing is inviting them to join you in what God is doing through you. That's your pitch. Are you, do you, do you see what I'm doing? And has God invited you to join me in what I'm doing? I'd love for you to do that. Make sure you follow up with them. Uh, when can I ask you if, how the God, how the Lord's moved you? Make sure you do that when you're with them face to face. If you want to ask them, can you support me now? Or how, you would have asked them or learned from them, how do you like to be approached with giving? How can I ask you? And then do it that way. Typically, I would say, you see how much, uh, you know, we would love for you to invest in this ministry. Can I come back to you in a week or two to find out how the Lord's moved you in giving? Because, again, my criteria personally, if you were to come to me and my wife, I would say, tell me how God's using you and we will go home and pray about it. And then I'm going to come back to you and say, okay, great, is two weeks, can I come back? And she said, sure, you can come back in two weeks and I'll let you know what, I, what we sense. Because then my wife and I, as donors, go back and say, what do you think? Do you feel this is something that fits our criteria? What is our criteria? We have criteria what we're doing. So then we pray about it and you say, yeah, what do you think? And she says yes or no and I do too and then that's our response. That's the way I do it. Each one of you have your own way of doing it, but so does everyone else. So approach them that way. I'm wrapping it up. What don't do... Uh, uh, make sure you no here. Make sure you uh, have copies of things, enough copies to pass everything out. When I worked in the Pentagon, someone, a general, told me always have three extra copies of things because you never know who's going to show up. Have extra copies. Make sure that what, if you're asking, making a big ask in front of somebody, make sure your CEO and whoever you're working with, your your development person, knows how much you're asking because they might come to your ministry after you leave and say, you know, I'm just investigating some more uh, and you, they need to know too what you're doing. Uh, I like this picture. <laughs> uh, what are mistakes? What are rookie mistakes in development? You're not listening. You're talking too much. When, not, when it's all said and done, you don't make any ask. You, uh, you're always expect, ex- expressing an, a sense of urgency. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work. You're treating the person like an ATM. To, uh, I think I've told you enough about this. Uh, lead with where the ministry is going. People invest in vision. They don't invest in a current need. They want to know where you're going. Remember, write that down. People invest in vision. Not in, I need to buy a copier. Can you help me with that? 
To be a good closer. We already talked about this. How do you like to be asked? Follow up? Leave them some material to think about? They invest in vision. Steps following your meeting. Uh, make sure you thank them for their time. Two weeks, or write them a letter, a handwritten note maybe, depending upon the significance. And then always have uh, a time when you're going to follow up with them. I live on Outlook. I cannot remember half, actually I can't remember my name these days, but uh, put things in Outlook or your calendar of how you're going to follow up. And how do I know that people's birthday and all that stuff? I use Outlook and it keeps me safe. It keeps me going. Don't want to do that. How do I know what? Oh, I am, well, I'm around them. I go meet with them. Yeah, I, I talk to them. I, I, I'm listening. Uh, show your appreciation. You're supposed to thank, don- uh, thank donors three times as many times as you ask them for resources. You're supposed to thank them three times. Even if they haven't given recently, three times. I've got to wrap this up. i got about a minute. Closing thoughts. This is important. Always ask when you're meeting with somebody, do they know of somebody who they would recommend that you could go visit? That is critical. Start, ask people that because 80% of donors who recommend the organization that you're part of, that they know, could possibly give. That's where you're going to get most of your uh, leads is from people you're talking with. That's critical. Write that down. I love this story, and then I'm done. There's a tale of a traveler who stops for the night outside a village when a villager, come, a villager comes running up to him and says, The stone! The stone! Give me the precious stone! The traveler looks at him and says, What stone are you talking about? He says, the, 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 the villager says, Last night I dreamt that if I went to the outskirts of a village, I would find a traveler who would give me a precious stone that would make me rich forever. The traveler rummaged through his bag and pulled out a stone. He probably meant this one. It was the size, it was a diamond the size of his head. And, and uh, the, the, tra- the uh, villager grabbed it and walked away. That night, the villager tossed and turned, and he came back the next morning looking for this traveler and said, give me, the, give me what you have that allows you to give away the most expensive diamond in the world. I want what allows you to give away what you've just given to me. I don't want the diamond. I want the wealth that's related to this gift. You are seeking people who God has blessed and they know how to give away the resources God's entrusted to them. When you find them, learn from them. Okay, it has been a delight talking with you and sharing what I've learned over 20 years. I hope you got five things that I have learned uh, in terms of development over the last 20 years. And here's my number if you want to... Email and my number. If you want to contact me, I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. Uh, Thank you for your time.